Range is going to glance towards Emron and he's just completely, upon hearing the word Nakavolo, this is, they, they built the first Nakavolo. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, there is only one. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Fellowship at the Tabletop, Bellum Draconis. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the magical homebrewed world of Aerith in the kingdom of Sleetgard. My name is Mark and I am the Dungeon Master and also with us for this week's episode, a small compact crew. We have Darren who plays the high elf artificer Rain Taddo. How do? And we've got Will who plays the human cleric Emron. Do how? We unfortunately, very nice guys, we unfortunately are missing Callum, though, you know, for large swathes of the season, you might not even realise, but he is <laughs> he is genuinely missing today, unfortunately. He has a Merkin knitting club, um, and they run on a Friday evening today. It's the last, it's the finals of the Merkin knitting club, and unfortunately... What is a Merkin? A Merkin is what you wear to replace a lack of pubic hair. I didn't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> well, well, every day's a school day. I would like to. I would like to say I'd planned that, but that genuinely was off the top of my head. No pun intended. Um, to be fair, when you picture Callum, it is literally the first thing that comes like to your to, 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 to your head. Well, his, his pubic hair. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Let's get to some D and D before yeah, we get we disappear into we dive into Callum's crutch. But he's not here to defend uh, himself. Or his crutch. actually love this. This is the most we've talked about him. Anyway, um, so Callum unfortunately is not here, but um, we need we need to get to the resolution of what's going to happen. Um, because uh, for a quick recap, I know we haven't yet got back our chronicler. Uh, rest in peace. But uh, for a really quick recap, we he's not are- dead. But the character, the character, he was... Anyway, um, we are off in the deep in the marshes of Sleepguard, uh, Reigns, Emron, Orla, and Alpha, trying to get back our mojo, get back what we'd lost after the loss of Nyx and and Marota. They haven't done any uh, monster hunting for quite some time and have found themselves finally picking it up and taking on this monster hunting request that seems to be kind of snowballing slightly here. It started off with some grungs and out some grungs and a guard drake and it just seems to be getting a little bit out of control for something that was supposed to be simple, something easy, something the crew could get their teeth back into to get their mojo back. And unfortunately, things are already starting to unwind. Uh, the grung attack seemed much more vicious than they first intended. All was dragged into the river. Everyone ended up in the river at some point, low under the water, fighting these creatures, these amphibious frog-like creatures. Luckily, the party came through at the end. Orla shooken up and shaken. They made camp on the northern side of the river, uh, in and amongst the grung camp itself. Orla came to in the tent uh, as the rest of the other party members, Reigns, Emron and Alpha, discussed what was going to happen next. The bodies were piled up, ready at the mouth of the dilapidated ruins of some kind of ancient basement, the building of which has long since fallen. All that remains is a stone staircase down through spiderwebs and through darkness and the stench, the smell of flesh, the smell of something burning deep within as well time had passed and we had heard in the end of our last episode 
a snort, an exhalation of breath, and a low rumble come from within. And as the party of three stare behind this rock formation to see into where these grung bodies are piled and to see the steam kind of billow up, their eyes locked on target, they notice something, each of you in turn at first, something strange about the masonry that sits just to the north of it, just behind it, a small pillar of old masonry that seems to have surpassed time itself and weathered the storms of Sleetgard, and yet is standing, starts to shake, shudder, dust cracks and falls from its edges, and all of a sudden this large monolithic pillar crashes down over the entrance, a plume of dust and smoke rises up, filling the area, and for a second you cannot see anything. And then very slowly, almost wraith-like, these two figures walk through from the north towards the south into the camp. Slowly at first, walking along the pillar, one jumps down, the other jumps down. They walk to the pile of grungs, and again the dust is filling your eyes, you can't quite make out what these things are. And slowly the dust settles, and the first thing you notice is a tail and a snout. Danny, welcome back. Mm, would you bonjour. Like to, would you like to describe for our listeners and for our rather pensive-looking characters who, or albeit what and who, actually, um, we see in front of us? So you see, as Mark uh, introduced, a, a crocodile-like skinned lizard folk uh, uh, creature let's say, uh, green and yellow sort of speckled skin. Sorry uh, to the meta Darren there that it is Norwich City colours we are sporting on this uh, <laughs> this this character. Um, the, this sort of speckled skin that sort of um, spreads, as Mark sort of says, from snout outwards, almost as if uh, it's been splashed by this yellow paint all across this, this dense sage green skin. Uh, Across the, the not traveling in, in heavy metals at all, but light leathers. And unmistakably, on the back of this creature, a tabard that um, speaks uh, uh, quite um, obviously of uh, Shadowmendian descent, particularly that of additional features that are akin to the, the, the House of Haddo uh, on them. Uh, to the hips of this creature are two shadow Mendian forged war axes and uh, this tail that sort of moves curiously like a cat throughout the space just sort of wraps around and almost acts as a third arm inspecting these bodies a little bit and as this creature looks towards its companion these pair of spectacles just sort of roll off the nose and he scrambles to the ground temporarily to retrieve them stands back up and just sniffs around Amazing. Thank you very much for that. And as you scrabble for your glasses, um, you duck down slightly down into the rubble to pick them up. Um, and what steps into view just behind you and walks off just around your left shoulder is a second figure, a stranger's figure this time. Ian, would you like to describe to our listeners and to our character and to our players who it is we see entering behind? Hey guys, how are we doing? It's good to be back. Yay. What you see is these bright yellow eyes kind of appear dissipated through the fog and then as i walk slowly up in front 
What you see in front of you is a war-forged automaton. Humanoid figure. Six feet tall, 500 pounds. Its body is made up of a mismatch of metal outer components. For the most part, it seems to be made out of iron. If you work your eyes from the bottom to the top, you see that the rust is largely apparent in its legs, as if this automaton had been walking for a long time over marshlands and water. If you look particularly at the gears surrounding the knees, they're black with oil and grime. And if you look closely, you can see deep into the metal ridges worn where the two metal components to move knees spent years grinding against each other. As your eyes move upwards, you see that the chest has two large plates of iron, one front and one back. You assume that its sides were once covered in iron too, but it's not all there. All the gearing is on show from the side on view. Wood, stone and metal gears are inside, giving the idea that this automaton has been fixed by many different people to keep working through many different hands. Thin arms that move through a series of pistons that hiss as they engage, run down the side of the body, and its hands consist of three metallic fingers, one where the thumb would be, and two forefingers. On its right hip sits a flail, and on its left forearm is a circular shield that seems to be bolted on to the forearm itself. And as your eyes reach its face, it's also covered in iron, also mismatched. A little bit of weathering, not as rusty as the legs, certainly dirty, expressionless, as only an automaton's face can be. One slit around its mouth, where if you peer inside, you see a metal grill, presumably holding the speaker, and two eyes that have gold lights emanating from within it. Lovely. Thank you very much. Both of you for your uh, really uh, eloquent descriptions there. A couple of things happen at the same time when these two figures step out of uh, interview. Firstly, you realize that the, the grumble, the, the noise from below ground becomes intense for a few seconds longer and then dissipates totally. Whatever was below there, one can assume is the guard Drake, isn't coming up to the surface this second. Something else, though, happens for both of you. Sorry. Neither of which had a chance to react to this at all so far, but it's all going to happen simultaneously. You notice one, the two things happen. So from the automaton creature that has appeared in front of you, something happens to that at the same time as something happens to Alpha. You feel as Reigns and Emron, you are between them both. There is Alpha who's approached from the, from the kind of the back side of the forest. And this is happening from the front where they are entering towards you. You both feel this almost, they wouldn't know it, but I'm trying to give it to a sense that we as a modern audience would understand it. It's almost static. Like it feels like the hairs all over your body kind of stand on end, not out of horror or fear, but just out of like literal, like electricity in the air. There's some kind of bond, some static charge in the air. And all of a sudden you hear this high pitched whinnying, whining noise, almost like you're losing a frequency in the air. Then you hear like a pop and you look behind you and you can see Alpha's eyes just glaze over. And he just very slowly kind of doesn't fall over, but just 
rocks forward on himself. And then almost simultaneously, you hear the same noise from uh, the automaton in front of you. But it seems to choke, splutter for a second, and then remove, uh, continue its kind of jittering movement so eloquently described by Ian. For all intents and purposes, Alpha is unresponsive at this point. He is almost stock still, frozen. One might argue that he is under almost some kind of paralysis uh, for the time being. But something seemed to happen when these two um, individuals came within a certain range of each other. That's what you noticed. I'm going to allow people to talk now. I'm going to stop talking. That All that happens within a couple of seconds since the last episode's finished. What do you want to do? We have both parties notice each other. Yes, 100%. Sorry, I should, uh, should have clarified that. You've stepped up over this pile of grungs. You've seen the grungs and you've looked up and you've seen these three figures. You've both heard the pop. Um, and yeah, you're kind of not face-to-face. You're about 25, 30 feet apart from each other. Um, for the two of you on the joining us relatively new on, um, to your perspective, about 20 feet to your right, you can see a collection of three tents uh, directly kind of to the left and in front of you, about five feet in front of you, is a large moss-covered rock mound that kind of blocks the view round the corner. You can see this a lot through the gap between the tents and that, um, that, that mossy outcropping blocking your view. Uh, just so, just to help um, uh, your two characters as well, Ram, because I know that you both know what what Reigns looks like. But what you see when you look back is a humanoid figure who appears to be in a a suit of of, of armor. It appears to be a mismatch armor itself, not too 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 dissimilar from what Ian has just so beautifully described. You can see bits of cogs where armor have been uh, meshed together. There's bits of plate in there. There's bits of rusted metal, and there's also a helmet that seems to also be. Uh, having some kind of iconic charge where you can see almost like this blue like uh like veins that are running through that and down the suit and into the arms um the suit itself is even more groggy because it has quite clearly been in the uh, uh suety uh mossy rivery uh uh over grass from 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 uh, behind as it's clearly been in the water at some point it is covered in this this smudge uh, and the first thing it does as, as soon as it this thing happens after it recoils from uh, the, the the impact of what's just happened is turn around to this 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 much uh, uh, better refinely built warforged and immediately just go Alpha what the what the hell is happening here Alpha and he's just clicking his fingers in front of Alpha Alpha and we'll then just turn at Emron and look absolutely uh, glance back at the two behind us do is it clear enough Mark for me to take in the shadow menu and stuff um. I'd argue not yet. You just see the the front of the figure. So if this is the tab they're wearing behind, then you might not yet make that out. Um, if they step forward or if there's any kind of flutter of the wind to the side, you would start to maybe have an inclination, but maybe not. It wouldn't be... Re- it's not like it's a massive... I'm from Shadowmend on, on the chest. <laughs> yeah. I heart so, Shadowmend like a... I've been to Shadowmend and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. It, it was more the Haddo insignia that, that Danny also so beautifully yeah. described. Um, I, I, from what I, did, I heard from that, it was that's on the back. On the back, on the, yeah. Yeah, so until until he gets close and if he... if he It turns around then... Um, sorry, he or she, whatever. Turns around then... Um, if we describe me, it's it. Yeah. Yes, it's the middle of the day as well, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah, middle of the day after a short rest. Just, just hearing the, the shouts of Alpha, Alpha, um, my character will just raise an arm in the distance and begin to slowly walk towards you three, four. You four, Orla is with you, right? Yeah. Orla is in the um, tent um, recovering. Okay, she you three. Yeah. Emron will look to uh, Reigns as he sees these people approaching. 
Reigns, what what is going on? Like, are we under attack? Is Alpha under attack? What is going on? Uh, I, I, I have no earthly idea. I, I, Alpha is Alpha. Reigns will just say one more time, and he'll then, as soon as he realizes that Alpha is not responding, he'll then turn to the figure who's now approaching, and he'll just bring up his gauntlet, and the Rubik's cube that is embedded into the back of the hand is just going to start to glow. Uh, and and start to buzz as these sparks of lightning just start to to well around it. And he's going to go just just state your business there, friend, before you come any closer. Uh, my character will raise the other arm. Uh, my, my apologies. I'm I'm looking for someone. This is my traveling companion, Magnus. This, this seems a strange place to come across others here in these marshes. Bit convenient, like. Well, I'm told the person I'm looking for has been engaging in a spot of monster hunting, so I, I've been asking around. As we said, state your business. Who are you looking for? It's quite a delicate matter to, to announce publicly like this. Ain't just, just you, me, Emron, all are over there. Whatever earth that is, and the pile of dead frogs. He is not alone. What, what do you mean, Magnus? They are acting hostile. Yes, they are. But there are more of them than there are of us. That has not stopped us thus far. Yes, but it's got a shiny hand. <laughs> Having heard um, Ian's character start to talk and realizing there is some form of automated device there reigns is all of a sudden immediately drawn to that and he'll lower the gauntlet and will himself almost kind of like in a counter image just start to move towards both danny and ian's characters uh fixated on ian's character and will go how on earth did you do that just 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 talking to you danny about the, the, the general build of this character behind you um I'm afraid I do not understand. Do, do what? Still with my hands raised. What is that? This is my travel companion. I, I believe uh, the race is known as a as a Nakovo or a Nakavolo. Uh, what was it again, Magnus? Nakavolo is uh, correct. We have not been traveling together long. I'm not familiar overly with these types of creatures, but they are some sort of machine uh, combination. Please do not be startled. He is not harmful. They are my not harmful. weapons are at my side. I am disarmed for all intents and purposes. Rain's going to glance towards Emron, and he's just completely, upon hearing the word Nakavolo, this is, they they built the first Nakavolo. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, there is only one. Emron's going to stroll up next to uh, Rain's and be like, I thought all that research you did said that ancient Nakavolo were legend or, or gone for centuries, mate. What yeah, is this? That's what I tried to, to, to leave behind, but I thought it would take even my grandfather with his resources centuries for him to, to be able to... I'm just pulling Emron to one side to be able to build that, but Emron, that, that thing door, is talking and it sounds sentient. That, that Currently, don't look... It's doing more talking new. than Alpha. It don't look new. That's may, not may, new. May we approach still at a distance? 
I will turn again immediately at that and we'll go, where are you from, friend? And, and who are you? You may not have heard of it. I'm from a kingdom called Shadowmend. Well, I work for a kingdom in Shadowmend. I'm originally from a, a, a more rural setting, a, a, a jungle city known as Dash Kalrir. Dash Kalrir ain't in Shadowmend. It's part of the Free Kingdoms of Wildheart. Share the border with us. Not many people we've met here in Western Eris know that geography particularly well. Probably shouldn't have said that. He'll say to Emron under his breath, and he'll then come back again and go, All right, so we all know the northern side of Earth. Big question is still, who are you looking for? It's not a name I care to mention aloud, just out of respect of the family I work for. My name is Yander. Yander the Explorer. I come here with honest intentions. I am just looking for an individual. And with the gauntlet up, Reigns will then go, I'll decide how honest your intentions are when you tell me which family you're working for. Um, Mark, have we heard of, or have I heard of Yander? Is that a name we would recognize? Give if me a history check. Is Yander the Explorer? Of course. No, no, I got a seven. The name is too vague. It sounds yeah. like you might have known a James or a Jandia. Janda, cool. Or a or a Janatha. There's something about the, the, the there's a name in there somewhere that's somewhere deep, maybe, but aside from that, it could literally be from a, cool. a fictional story. That's maybe. fine. I'll just just check whether if, if it was a explorer that I'd heard of. Cool. As Magnus notices Reigns' gauntlet come up again in a hostile action. Magnus is going to just, you hear this as if gears that are straining to move, walk slowly in front of Yander. And then his left forearm will come up in a protective stance across his body. And you notice the shield that I talked about earlier just starts to spin as if it wasn't just bolted on, but it's actually on a pivot and it will spin. And as it spins, it starts cracking up that same arcanic energy and it just holds shield there. You notice that the frail, the the flail is still on Magnus's right hip, but just in a protective, and it seems like a protective stance. He's not being hostile, but he's also protecting his companion. Easy for Don't be alarmed. He's programmed to defend me if we're threatened. Let's just range, and Emron's going to reach out a hand and sort of place it on on Rain's arm and just just lower it. Let's let's all keep this this calm. There's no need to for all this this posturing. Look, we're here to do a job. If you're looking for someone, either let us know what you're looking for, or feel free to be on your way. We've got a camp. We were going to deal with something in that hole over there, which you seem to have done something to. So we'll have to deal with that in a minute. It just in case we get see if we get paid or not. Um. We've got a fire. You are welcome to come and share it if you wish to take uh, a load off before you continue your travels. But should we all stop this posturing around with our dicks in our hand and just get on with it, yeah? <laughs> I'm willing to stop posturing as soon as I know which family you're working for. And he's either now just glanced on the war forest in front of him, just trying to take in the the the, the, the arcanic power 
um, because Reigns knows that at the center of Alpha is, is, is this, this cast iron chest that, that Emron built to basically contain the, the memory forge that is powering Alpha. So Reigns is now absolutely fascinated, but also on edge around this war, this Nakavolo that's, that's in front of him and, and what is powering this. And just for your reference, as you're looking at Magnus, Magnus is staring through you, not in an intimidating way, expressionless face, you get the sense that it's it's just looking and, and in forward. Not seeing you, but knowing you're there, knowing you're a threat. Like there's a scan happening, but it's through you. There's no recognition. There's no sense of deep connection. It is just, you're a person. And Yander will just, again, start to drop his arms out of respect for the person I'm looking for, who I am sworn to protect. I will not announce their name, but I will do this. And if it means something to you, perhaps we can talk further. If not, we will be on our way. And I will just take off slowly, very slowly maintaining eye contact, uh, the tabard and spin it round and reveal, uh, Shandamendian heraldry with, uh, uh, house of Haddow, um, insignias all over it. Yeah, upon seeing the the two sphinxes, the Ando and, and Gyno Sphinx, and the, the union of, of Haddo and, and and House Cardano on on the back of it, Reigns is just still in the helmet and still confused. He's just now going to lower the gauntlet once more, confused. Look at Emron and go. Did that? Hmm. I'm gonna level with you, friend. I thought. Anyone who came from Shadowman bearing those sigils would do it quietly and would not come with pleasant intentions. I think it's it's best if I put my cards on the table now because I'm mighty confused and what if you were here to try and hogtie the person I think you're after and the person they have in there that they're on entourage back to Shadowman, well you'd have done it already. Yanda. So here we go. What, Magnus? He is already lying. There is no table. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Magnus. If you could just continue your malfunction quietly. Certainly. I, I think that one went over his head. And Reigns will just glance at the uh, creature in front of him to see if he does the same as Alpha when Alpha first heard that, which is basically look up to see if something's gone over his head. No, no still staring through you, but <laughs> not. It, 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 you know when I mean when I'm saying staring through yeah, you, yeah. it's not like you're not there. It's, yeah. It is, yeah. All right. Nothing going on in there. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, okay, right, fine. And what Reigns will do is he'll do the bonus action, and what will happen is that the helmet will start to open and the hood will come back, and what you see in front of you is the unmistakable golden eyes and tan skin and thick, almost silver goldery hair, um, and a kind of like blondie starting to turn gingery uh, beard of someone who is clearly of the, the, the Havo bloodline. And he will glance at you and say, this looks like a face that you're looking for. I believe it is. And I will then take to the knee 
and I will uh, kneel before you and I'll say, My prince, I'm here to protect you, and I have an urgent message from your father. Brains is going to look at Emron quite curious about that, and we'll just turn back and say, I don't associate my father much with protection. It's all the same to you. Uh, you don't need to be doing that, acknowledging that you're currently doing. You can. There ain't no need to acknowledge me. You get up, get up, come on, please. I will not straight away. I'll look at you, uncertain with uncertainty before I do. Oh, good. More people to uh, pad your ego. <laughs> <laughs> Upon this uh, conversation taking place, Orla has uh, started to hear the hubbub outside since the crash of rocks and comes out and stands off to your side. You both notice the halfling tight brown hair tied back, sodden, wet through with a towel around her, uh, her shoulders trying to warm her and dry her for um, you two that have just joined uh, us. What's going on here? Uh, just I to have base, no earthly idea. What I think is a bit of coincidental meeting of people who are looking for us. If they're looking for us, I probably don't make it much of a coincidence. What's the message? You're not going to believe me at first, but I cannot tell you until I rest. I need to be able to cast something in order to access it. Okay. Uh, hang on. Wait. Sorry. I'm very confused. We just happened to stumble upon two people you know, Reigns, here in the middle of the deepest marshes of Sleekard. I don't know. We're looking for you. uh, Allow me to elaborate, Lola. I don't know these people. But however, it stands to reason that there are people from where we're from who who may come looking for us. And uh, well, we ain't done the best job of being conspicuous about. What we've been doing in these lands, and well, well it's not like we, I can be turn honest, around and say, we, we, mainly yeah, yeah. Rain, don't, mainly don't, 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 yeah. don't rain all of well, us. Well, it's not, like, well, it's not it, just you know. me, it's not like we can turn around and say, Oh, I'm sorry, you must have mistaken me for another high elf, uh, big human who, who who sounds like the entire Dwendian Empire. And uh, not the Wendian Empire, that's something completely different. Anyway, I'm making up that? words now. Hentian, Hentian Empire, that's right. That's what Emron sounds like he's from. But those dwarven folks, and they're, well, and he'll point at Alpha. Pretty hard to hide that. I mean, he looked, he looked pretty disguised when we arrived. So. Pretty much. But, uh, I think announcing announcing yourself as the Prince of Shadow Man, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, that, that, that hey, probably didn't, <clears throat> yeah. Nonetheless, um, uh, well, uh, he looks, uh, Orla looks to the, the two newcomers, how did you know where to find us? It just seems a little circumspect that you've just happened upon us. We haven't even long been here. Well, when we were asking around Sleek Guards, they mentioned that someone matching the description engaged in a sport of monster hunting. And when we asked about monster hunting contractors in the region, your name must have come up. I assume you must be all or- um checking uh, sort of hesitates for a moment as though to sort of recall names. Uh, she puffs up her chest at that. Her chin raises slightly in a small smirk across her face. The first of my name? Yes, I am indeed. Uh, I obviously was high up on your list of monster hunters to find. You might have seen one of my posters. Yes, that's what well, led us in your general direction. Oh, good. Our, our reputation appears to be growing. Good. 
God's meat, that makes sense now. I put up po- uh, two weeks ago when I first got this contract and agreed to it, I put up posters in Goldview asking for just anyone. If I'm not being, if I'm laying my cards on the table, boys, um, I thought we might fuck this up slightly. So I did um, ask for help from a few other people. There was a Minotaur at one point that was going to come. Very excited about that. But unfortunately, that fell through. Um, I'm a bit disappointed about that. Me too. Maybe, 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 maybe we can meet him later. But nonetheless, maybe these two got the message and if as you mentioned uh sir the the connection between him pointing to uh reigns and me pointing to herself um you you must be quite intelligent to put two and two together quite the detective we still have the poster and magnus with his right hand knocks twice on his chest and it pops open and from inside he pulls out the poster from gold view gold view is where we found it from gold view and claps his chest back holds it out this is you like a fax machine (laughs) 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 with holes on the side of the paper i recite (laughs) really cheap nasty paper that you can see through no it's it, it you get the sense there's a collection of miscellaneous shit but i used paraphernalia. like almost, paraphernalia uh within the chest cavity of magnus upon yes, seeing that, the chest cavity it. open reigns is immediately just bypassing the poster and it's just glancing into this chest cavity because obviously that is pretty much where the, the, the full life function of alpha is and just seeing it's used is basically a, a glorified storage cabinet on this one he, he's now just completely in awe of what's in front of him that's the poster that's that's the one i put up that's the one i put up i told you advertising works it's getting our name out there perhaps you'd like to come and join us around to fire then if you need to have a rest before you explain why you're here or what message you've got then perhaps we should all just sit down if i may approach my companion will be no bother will you magnus no i will Power down. Oh, good. At least Alpha has someone to talk to when he wakes up. Uh, what, what that, what that, you were shouting Alpha before. There is another travelling with you. We do. But anyway, you come and join. I'm sure Yeah, you'll, you can't miss him. It's the, um, yeah, him. And Reigns will just point over his shoulder at the slumped Nakavolo. He looks a lot shinier than um, Magnus. Well, let's not be judging books by its cover because Alpha's no, no, that, 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 that's Will saying that, not Emron. I use Emron's voice while saying that. For the first time, Magnus moves his eyes. Now that your gauntlet's down, and it, it as in, it's just a smooth at the mention of the other uh, Alpha as whatever it is, and um, on casting eyes on Alpha, Magnus will kind of move like a thunderbird all in one shoulders move together as one pistons until he gets close face to face is there any anything from alpha as you get closer uh, you notice the same kind of arcanic energy that sparked from your shield every now and then just his eyes are still looking down at the ground unopened unblinking unmoving unfocused and you can just see 
that little iconic, just just somewhere in what in just in the right eye as you approach, as you get closer and closer. Apart from that, he seems unresponsive. Curious. Yeah, Magnus, don't touch. Magnus swivels his head round so his body stays in the position in front of Alpha. His head <laughs> swings round to look at um, Yanga. I want to say Janda. Yanda. Um, and then <laughs> swings back and has just stood in front of Alpha. I'm sorry for my companion. He has become less obedient as of late. It's all right. It happens. He doesn't adjust. Um, I I have a question, though, and it's quite an important one. Uh, The the, the Warforged did not Magnus. Magnus? Is it Magnus? Yes. Head swings around. (laughs) Magnus. Head (laughs) swings around in front of Alpha again. Well... Um, there's technically a third one, but it's only a, a, a sentient of that. NC, get out of the bag, come say hello, and this little squirrel will just come there up and land on range. so many robots. I, I know, right? That's yeah, just, just really you're, you're telling me. Um, but there is a serious point to all of this. Alpha there was forged by Imran, and I did the fusion. The, the, I assume it's a memory forge that is currently powering. I have no... Idea. I was given Magnus to help me on my journey. Uh, my understanding of Magnus is that he is made from many different makers and many different parts. I have no idea, only that in the last few hours he has stopped obeying every command to the letter and has started exercising what I can only explain as free will. G- given by who? How do you mean? Well, who, who gave him to you? Uh, King Haddo. My father right. is a skip to hit things with. He is a he is a proverbially walking sword. My father cannot build Nakavolo. The one man in Shadowman who could build Nakavolo, as far as I'm aware, was thrown into the bottom of the gorge. At that <laughs> Magnus head turns towards uh, Reigns. You built this automaton? Your Highness. He, well, you must say uh, Your Highness. He, he, he must not say Your Highness. Emron did the crafting, the, the, the arms and the works. The body you see was made by Emron. The, 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 the fusion, the thing that allowed it to talk like you, was, yeah, that would me. Head swings back to Alpha. Swings back to you. How long ago? Yeah, well, six, six, maybe seven years. Uh, swings back to Alpha. I am older. <laughs> what? Say again, and Reigns will now move around, and is now as this creature is staring at Alpha. Reigns has just come around and is just peering and and, and looking at this creature. You, you want to run that by me again? I am. Older. Magnus, do not be rude to the prince. Emron's going to sort of think. Anyway, uh, Yander, it was, yeah? Yander? Yes. We'd perhaps like to come and uh, sit down by the fire while those two do whatever they're going to do. You've got him intrigued. He could be there for, quite honestly, days of (laughs) being fascinated by this. So, you know. 
if it could be a while. If that invitation, uh, I accept most gratefully. Thank you. No problem. Uh, the name's Emron, by the way. Sir Emron, it is a pleasure. No, 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 sir. Just, just Emron. I'm I not understand. a knight. Yet you travel with a prince. Yeah, it was. Yeah, We're just friends. <laughs> Fascinating. I, I am humbled to meet you. Uh, okay. Um. Fair enough. Um. There's not much about me to be humbled by, but thanks. I think. And Come and sit will, down anyway. We've got will, a fire going. I will sit down and I will warm myself up. As you move, Magnus head turns just to watch where you're going. Turns back, looking at Alpha. Uh, Reigns will now use a full action. And what will happen is the suit will just open. And he'll step out of it in his uh, general, just like farmer's slacks that he's he's been using. So he's taken the suit off and just just with his own hand will just reach out towards Magnus and will just go to touch him on the shoulder. As if to say, almost like he can't. And then Reigns will realise that he's he's sometimes as socially awkward as Alpha and will just pull his hand back and will just go to, to Magnus. Who are you and where are you from? My name is Magnus. The technology to build Alpha, it didn't exist. Me and Emron spent years of our lives trying to figure that out. How is it that you are older than him? You say... Six years. Give or take. I am older. (laughs) How old? Older. I get the sense I'm going to go around in circles here, but... Who built you? I am Magnus. Uh, are you are you powered by a, 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 a memory? Do, do you have? Where's your uh, central relay? What what's powering you? I am Magnus. My prince, I apologize. He has been malfunctioning for a while. Where'd you find him? As I say, he was given to me for my journey here. By my father? Yes, by his office. I mean, we were given the impression when we were leaving Shadowmen that our leaving wasn't popular with the, you know, King Hadal, and uh, he would be, uh, you know, less inclined to be helping us and more inclined to hogtie and drag us back to kill me and lock reins away. That's certainly not the impression I was given. I was told to find you and give you a message and to protect you once you'd learned it. Right. And you were told that my father built built him. No. Your father Zip. gave him to me to help me. Common mistake. I am not him. Zip. Oh, apologies. apologies. My apologies. Uh, my, my, my apologies. It's not Why are we apologizing to a machine? 
they get all the well if there's anything like this one it'll gesture to alpha you can get quite testy if you but there's some of you know, what they call it like the the uh, adolescent years maybe but if you're older i suppose your adolescent years are long behind you right Zip. i am older Zip. as i said by prince he is made from many parts and many makers, I understand. There might be pieces that are older, there might be pieces newer. I so, tend so, not so, to ask this thing too many questions, it just frustrates me. So so, so King Hadao, to your face, gave you Magnus in order to help us? Well, it's one of his officers did, but to my face, he gave me the instruction to find his son, to tell him a message, and to protect him once he learns it. Right. And one of inside my grandfather. Check. As I see inside well, checking, I will go yeah. and one of my grandfather. I do not have a, had any interaction with your grandfather. I roll on the inside check, Will. Nah, I'm not I'm eleven. Sorry. Okay. What was what was my role? Uh it's gonna be deception or persuasion. I think that's how we've been playing this. Well, it's going to tell you the answer. That's if you're thing. telling, if you're telling the truth, it's it's. Oh, don't persuasion. just roll it. Just can you just roll a d twenty so it keeps the keeps yeah, the uh, the mystery mystery roll, there. Roll a natural one. Okay. Um. Will you? The 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 answer is so quick, so detailed. It I don't get the sense he's lying. No, you don't get the sense he's lying, but also that he's not trying to hide, mm. uh, trying to hide anything internally as well. It's not like he's giving you some truths and hiding others. He's just like you ask a question, he's instantly giving you the answer that you want from a very simplistic and and, and basic response. It, he, yeah, there seems to be no threat here at all. That he is just giving you what you want in terms of the answers, uh, in terms of the truth as well. That's what you assume from that response, from that check. Yeah, Reigns is um, starting to get a bit of the, you know, the, the two guards on the ship in Pirates of the Caribbean where it's like you wouldn't believe the truth even if it was told to you. It's like, it makes sense that these people are on the level. If they were here to, to attack us, we've been vulnerable for the last such and such. They'd, they'd walked up and announced themselves, which which isn't the way of the, the, the Cardinal. So Reigns is now just going to back into the suit, remembering where he is, and is then going to turn in one motion and just turn his attention back towards yonder and is just going to say, my father doesn't tend to do anything without my grandfather's consent or blessing. That's just the way that the governance in Shadowmen work. You mean to tell me that you have been operating for my father without my grandfather's know-how? You have been away for a long time. Well, we've not been away that long. Reigns will then turn back to uh, Magnus and is like, okay, uh, that's, I suppose, it's been, it's a question for DM from Darren. Obviously, it was six months for us to snake round to the other side of the world. And it's been about six months since we lost Nixon Morota, right? So it's fair to say that we've been gone at least a year from Shadowmen now. Correct. Okay. Um, Reigns will turn at that and go, what does that mean? 
back towards Magnus because that's the that's that most this Magnus has given us very straight answers and that was cryptic. So you have been away a long time. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, are you saying something's happened to either my father or grandfather? You have been away a long time. All right, we're not going to get anything here. Let's try you. You're on the. What are you trying to tell me about Chatterman? I know nothing of any major note that's happened. I'm simply telling you honestly that I have only dealings with your father. Orla has been slowly approaching the people by the fire. And both of you notice quite obviously when she sits by and is listening towards this conversation between the three of you, four of you, uh, her eyes flitting between each one. And then all of a sudden they stop and they look off towards the pile of uh, grungs. Very slowly she stands, brow furrowed and starts walking away towards it. As that last comment is made, uh, she calls back, uh, guys, I think something's happening. And as you look over, you start to see the pile of grungs that you've um, collected up start to shift, move, and almost slither as something seems to be, the pile seems to slowly dissipate down from the middle down, like the ground beneath it is being eroded and moved away. And out of the very center of this pile, piercing through the leg of one of these grungs comes a large claw. Pulling itself up, you see the single, single spiked snout of a guard drake. The other arm and claw reaching up the ground, <sighs> pulling apart the grung's bodies falling to the side like rocks on a beach as this creature slowly pulls itself up and out. Its glistening scales um, seem to reflect and refract light in the morning sun. It emerges. Rows of sharp, sharp pointed teeth, its red eyes glint in the light, muscular body tensing. It scans with its back to you, looking towards the entrance, its entrance, and realizing why it's blocked, what's, what has blocked it. It slowly moves its head around, its large nose taking in the scent of the air, its body on edge, something isn't right stretches out its large, long, lizard-like back. Thick scales cover its body. Look like they could deflect any weapon. And it's, and it's uh, the, the spikes that seem to sit on its kind of elbow joints of its hind and back legs seem razor sharp. Suddenly, the guard drake's head snaps towards a nearby grung. Already dead on the ground, the creature approaches, sniffs the air, and then with a sudden burst of power, in almost a split second, rips the insides of this grung absolutely apart. The flesh pummeling over and just splattering over its giant jaws. It sprays everywhere. Blood, the gunk that seemed to fill these grungs, spray across it as it tears into the flesh like almost effortless. It stops and you see the drip of an arm of this grung fall to the ground as slowly the head spins very slowly round, twisting slightly, 45 degrees as it does so, over its right shoulder and behind itself, its tail whipping like a cat's, quickly annoyed as it sees and locks onto these creatures, to you. It stands perfectly still for a few seconds, and its head 
doesn't move, but its neck and entire body shift and move behind it. It almost looks like the head is separate. The head does not move as the body shifts around behind it. The body's now protected behind by its head. Its large jaws now dripping with the dark green and black and blue blood of these grungs that stares directly at you. Orla starts to very slowly back away towards you all. I think it's going to be rather useful that you two turned up when you did. How do you feel about fighting that? Yander's just going to get to his feet and say, We stand ready, Magnus and I, to protect our prince. And at that, Magnus's head towards the drake, and then his body separately obviously attached, turns fully formed, so he's facing him and reaches down, detaches the flail and shield up. Reigns will start to raise the gauntlet ever so slightly and will just turn to you, Yandu, and go, so Dash Calvary, huh? I suppose that means you know what that is and it ain't a magic tree one. And we'll just start to pull up the gauntlet and just start to feel the electricity buzz inside it. And Ron will grab his hammer, shake his shoulders and be like, fuck's sake, here we go again. Oliver very slowly reaches down to her hand crossbow and very slowly puts in a very small bolt, almost like she's trying to hide it from the guard, Drake, and will kind of stay out the corner of her mouth. Now would be a really good time to boot up, Alpha. And then she's going to pull the crossbow open and up in a, in a single move, like almost like a gunslinger, in a single shot and fire off the quickest shot ever towards this guard drake, thinking she's the coolest bitch in the world. The bolt pings off this scale to the left without affecting it at all. It doesn't even flinch. It doesn't even move. It doesn't even react. Oh, shit. Oh. She says under her breath. That was stupid. And it takes a step forward and a step forward. And it seems to stand pride on its legs, its chest high. And it emits a glottal, deep, earthly roar, which fills the air around you. Parts of um, of Magnus start to literally rattle and shake like an old car. You hear bits of rattling as things, maybe a single um, spring pings out of the head somewhere. Um, Alpha's statutory body just falls over to the ground as well, head down, almost like in a head bum up in the air position. It stops and looks steam pouring out of the nose as it steps one more time before you. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode. Yeah! Oh! Shish kebab. Shish kebab. That was a lot. There was a lot of stuff there to unpick. At one point, your eyes were going to fall out of your head at one point. Your your eyes were open so wide. It was the (laughs) Nakavolo. Yeah, funny. So I've decided my my next next character is also going to be a Warforge. We're going to be a part of Warforge. Transformers. (laughs) Yeah. Warforge in disguise. Oh, that was awesome. Ah, we're back, baby. Minus Callum, but he's here. He's just not total. He's still here. There's a new automaton in town, bitch. He talked more in this episode than he does in others, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. 
cool. Well, hey, that leaves me to say thank you very much for listening, all our beautiful listeners out there. And hopefully you're you're not too um, uh, put off at the new start to our episodes because we are now officially a Zencaster podcast um, and they have been so kind and uh, helped us out with hosting. So we've moved our hosting services, our recording services, basically everything through to Zencaster. So uh, thanks to them. And uh, yes, yeah, in exchange, you hear that little little opening there. But then you get our funny voices afterwards. Hopefully it's all just kind of seamless anyway. It does sometimes feel a little... Um... I don't know, like th- that opening sounds so like professional and like, oh, we're setting up for like a professional podcast. Then you just hear Callum talking about dicks at one point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Down the quality all of a sudden. Like, bring it down. Then, we know. bring it down. But then we bring uh, it up, baby. But we appreciate you for, well, I mean, you're still listening through your normal channels. We can still see the stats and everything's growing. So we love you for it. If you wanted to keep up to date with the podcast, do so on our Twitter page, which is no longer verified. I don't think it was verified. That was a big deal today. Um, But that's at Fellowship Table. Um, Tell your friends, tell your family, spread us around like a happy virus. And um, we, we will, we love you more for it. That'd be awesome. And if you wanted to go one step further and follow us individually, you can do so too. I'm Nat. I rolled a one. Danny's at Total Party Thrills. Darren's at Darren Page 06. Big Willy Willow's at Natural 20 Will. <laughs> and our epic awesome DM can be found at Hastily Rolled DM. Until next time, guys. Farewell. Farewell. Farewell.